You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by the clutch to my time, the editor of The Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? So I tried something new on the grill today. Oh! Yeah. Not a new food to my mouth, but a, a new food that I've, I'm trying to cook at home. So Brazilians do steak like the best in the world. Really, and so I bought this massive Brazilian steak, and so it's called the cut's called picanha. Okay, and I so I, I fixed it on a, a charcoal grill today, and I was like, it's you can't really mess it up too much, but it's just it's diff, more difficult to cook. But so I'm sitting on outside in my like lawn chair on my back porch, the steaks on the on the grill. I'm waiting a little bit, I'm looking at the temperature, some whatever. But I just start scrolling through Twitter. Well, I kind of forget about it. Oh. And I look over. I'm like, oh, there's a little bit more smoke coming out of there than normal. The temperature is at 700 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) I open it up, and this massive (laughs) gulf of flames comes out. Billowing smoke. But it actually didn't turn out that bad. Um, They did catch on fire for a bit. But... It the the cuts were so thick, it actually didn't cut and like cook the middle of it. But we figured it out. It was a good trial run, but uh, but yeah, it was still fun. It was still really good. So Isaac and his flame broiled steaks. I do love grilling. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, I like if I if I'm gonna help my wife out and like cook a meal, I would much rather cook cook it on the grill. If it's like raining outside, I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna help out today. <laughs> <laughs> just take a quick pass. Just just pass. But if it's not raining, I'll help out any day. Let me just get on the grill. I'm all down. <laughs> there you go. Well, I made, I did our uh, meal prep days and uh, for all the days of the week this week and did it in the oven. So that shows the difference between Isaac and me. I need to master the oven. Yeah, I mean, you just put it in there and you let it, get, let it alone and then the <laughs> timer goes off. It's pretty easy when you're doing other stuff. It won't get up to 700 degrees on its own. No. Yeah, you get to decide. You tell it what it needs to, to get to. <laughs> All right. Well, so if you guys are following at is Dennis playing on Twitter, which is the account that I run that tells you when Dennis is playing, you will know that Dennis is not playing. Dennis with Jr. is not playing. He did not play the last two games. We've not talked about them on the podcast, so we're going to get to those. We're going to just break those down a little bit and then also talk about what's going on in the in crunch time in, in the clutch because that's what this Mavericks team is really – it used to be the – the third quarter and now it has moved to the last five minutes so <laughs> it's just basically that's what the the big issue with this team is right now that we need to all focus on but first before we get to that so Dennis Smith Jr. missed these last two games and before the game Earl K. Sneed tweeted out that Rick Carlisle says there's no timetable for Dennis Smith Jr. left hip strain to return quote him getting 100% healthy is our number one priority. Smith will meet with the team physician when the Dallas Mavs return home. So he's staying on the he's staying on the trip and uh, still hanging out with them, you know. But he's 
there's really no timetable for him to return. I think this is good. I think that he's I think he's been off the last couple of of games, and that he. Uh, I think this is something that it's kind of like kind of like with Dirk last year. Dirk had the Achilles strain, and so they just kind of like shut him down. They're like, all right, let's just get this, you know, get him better, get him right, and then bring him back. There's no reason to rush him back. And there's no reason to to hurt him, you know, even more. Yeah, there's no reason to rush, but I mean, it's it's kind of weird. Well, not really weird, but you know, before um, the Milwaukee game, you know, they said, hey, he's going to miss the next two games. Yeah, and now something you know somehow over the past 24 to 48 hours uh, it's turned into hey there's no timetable so yeah i mean no rush with that we see we've seen it with seth you know on october 7th you know the the mavericks sent out that press release for seth's injury and was like hey it's gonna be week to week yeah and uh we're like oh, okay cool well <laughs> It's December 10th or December 11th. Yeah, and today and, uh, is the day that we're allowed to ask about it. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's December 11th, and we've yet to see Seth Curry uh, log a single minute on the regular season. So yeah. obviously they're uh, missing Nerlens also. You know, he's not with the team. He had surgery on his thumb. Finney but do Smith they really is... miss him, though? So that's, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like Finney Smith's still out with his tendonitis yeah. in his knee. McBob. And, uh, and McBob is obviously not playing either. So, I mean, that's just five guys on the roster that's you Yeah, know, five out of 15. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, yeah, that, that's out. So This season is so similar to last season that it is creepy how similar it is to last season. It's weird. Uh, you wonder if, you know... Is it going to be the same result? Is, is there going to be a turnaround? It's it's creepy that it's like last season, but there's still like you can still look at this team if you're non tanker, you can still look at it with a sense of optimism too of saying, okay, well, there's the second half of the season, Seth's going to come back, you know, just all this different stuff, maybe make some trades and figure all that stuff out, and but I don't know, it it can, it's almost reaching that breaking point of which way is it's going to go, you know, over the next couple months. Can't, I can't do that anymore. We did that the entire season last year on the Mavs fanatic podcast that I used to do with Tame and Turner. Yeah. We talked about this the entire season, the Mavericks, they need to make a decision. They need to go one way or the other. Like I just had that conversation so many times. <laughs> I'm just yeah. so done with it. Well, they won't make it now. They'll make no. it, you know, later in the spring, but I think they definitely want to see what, you know, Seth will look like with the team and we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. That, that being said, I'm going to push back on something you said either last pod or the pod before. I don't think Uh Seth starts when he comes back. I think that Maxi has been so good. And I think that he fits and he's such a glue guy and fits and covers up a lot of like faults on that starting lineup that I think he stays in the starting lineup. I'll disagree. Do you think it's, is it only on, him as like as a person who he what he represents for the team or do you think that that would actually be a better lineup with Seth in there no I just think it's just because him as a person and player which is what the relationship with the team I mean because they already screwed up one potential free agent so they got to make sure that they get this one right is it well it's just I think you kind of saw the commitment to Seth going into training camp I mean just look back at Nerland's we know the how the whole thing with Nerlens. We were prepared to hand, you know, take his name out of a player seventy million dollars, and then we obviously didn't sign that guy for seventy million dollars in Noel, 
in before media day even happens, the team commits to to starting Seth Curry over that guy. So there is a commitment to Seth Curry to be in that backcourt teammate to Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I'm a believer in Maxi. I like what he brings. I just think. But are you I a Kaliber though? Kaliber. And but like we've also we've also seen the whole the whole saga of coming off the bench and stuff for Seth last year of it's he doesn't want to come off the bench, you know? And like if Dallas wants to if you want to re-sign Seth, is the best way to do it bring him off the bench when he doesn't want to come off the bench and not only bring him off the bench, but you're gonna start Maxi over you know, somebody like Maxi over him if you want to really bring him back. Like I that's that's my I think he'll just Instantly be brought into the starting lineup. Maxi will go straight into the backup, you know, center big role, and they'll go from there. But I, I also think that's what's going to happen. I don't think that that's what should happen. I think they should keep it with Maxi. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If we're saying what should, yeah, uh, I, I mean, we were down. We were talking about before the season even started. I mean, I, th- I thought Seth should be our Jason Terry. Like yeah. he should be our six man before the season and allow Nerlens to start with Dirk and all that stuff. But, but I just think that's what will happen. Yeah. That should be the, the theme of this podcast. What, what will happen and what should happen? <laughs> Seems like what I, we talk about all I the mean, time. Cause I, you know, like over the years, I'm always like put, I'm not the, I'm not the type of person that always, you know, crucifies, you know, the, front office or Cuban or Carlisle, whatever. And this year I've pushed back a little bit more on Carlisle some and, and just over these past couple of games, like, you know, I, I put out a piece yesterday or two days ago saying like, if we're going to call Motley up, give him some dang minutes, man. Yeah. Like again, that's the again in the makes, Minnesota game was a DNP and just did two not make straight games. What he, they, and the thing that gets me is that like, they created a type of buzz around it too. Like the team, like the reporters reporting on, oh, they're bringing in, the, you know, the star G League guy, Jonathan Motley's coming up. They even tweeted out a video of, we're going to unleash the Mott. It's time for Mott. Like this highlight video and all this stuff. And it, it actually, I think it gave the fan base a little spark, a little, okay, if Dennis is out, like, We've been seeing all these highlights of Motley and Frisco and for the legends and stuff and saying, oh, man, like, let's see what he's got. He's he's one of our two-way guys. He hasn't been with the team at all except for preseason. So I was excited when they brought him on or they called him up. We were talking about before they called him up saying, hey, it's due his time. It's just how, you know, where are they going to make room? And right now they're just not making room. It's just, hey, we're just going to bring him up and just let him set the bench. And that, that stuff just, it, it really, really frustrates me. There is a disconnect between the Mavericks communication department as far as social media and marketing and all that stuff and the Mavericks like uh like ba- basketball operation. Yeah, basically just Carlisle. <laughs> there is a disconnect there because Nerlens Noel's face is still on all the buses and all the, you know, the Mavs like memorabilia and stuff. You know, just like all the promotional stuff. He's still on all that stuff. And then this thing with Motley, I think it's a smaller version of that where this is a guy, you know, the, like you say, gets hyped up. I think the reporter stuff is you're at a point in the season where the Mavericks are losing so much, you're just trying to find anything. Like imagine what Eddie Sefko is going through right now. And, and we, we go through it the same way, but he's literally like physically with the team all the time. <laughs> imagine yeah. like just, a, you know, a guy comes up from Frisco and he's like, oh man, you know, something different to write about finally. 
you know, and, and we, we go, we have the same, you know, issue in the same situation, but gosh, like, <laughs> isn't it just, don't you just get excited about just a new face, just a new person, you know, to, to write about a new player. So and I think, not only I think new, but a guy that's been, but a young guy that's been playing really well. Yeah. Like that's, it's not just a, uh, a just a random guy they're bringing in like a Clavel or something. That's like, Oh, just a new how face. Dare, right? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Jiverson was a, a legend on the Mavericks. He, he's gone. Um, I don't even think he's not, anywhere right now. It's not like, it's not like a Jonathan Gibson or a, yeah, you right. know, um, what what was the little guy from Baylor that Pierre Jackson? It's not like one of those <laughs> oh, guys. You know, how dare you! <laughs> last year we we you know we rotated these guys in. It's not like that. Like Motley was people our, did get really excited about Pierre Jackson. That's because he has yeah, a really did. big social media following. He's cool though, but like it's just Motley's different than those guys. You know, like that's the the advertising as the sixty first pick. You know, he was. We talked about him before. You know, he was ranked in the top forty of Draft Express's pre-draft board going into the draft, and considered by a lot as first-round pick. And he had the meniscus injury at, at you know the end of his time at Baylor, and that just scared some teams away. But he's just been playing really well in the G League. And here's my thing: Dirk's minutes is not going anywhere, and they shouldn't. Maxi. Maxie's getting around 24, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a game, something like that. And Maxie's minutes shouldn't go anywhere. No. It's the and here's and like I'll, Dwight Powell has been playing better over the past 2 to 3 weeks. Oh like my it, gosh, breaking news. Better. I said breaking better. Breaking news. I didn't say great. I just said he's playing oh better. Oh my. I never <laughs> thought I Listen, ladies and gentlemen. Lady and gentlemen. <laughs> Barb and hey, gentlemen. Lady. <laughs> Maddie Barbin, gentlemen. <laughs> I never thought I would see the day when Isaac would say something positive that wasn't a that wasn't a payoff bet, and you know that one's yeah. coming. That I never thought I'd see the day that wasn't a payoff bet where Isaac would compliment Dwight Powell, He's not even better. provoked at all. I I've tried to provoke him all the time into doing it, and he just did it involuntarily. Okay, well, here's the other thing: we should still cut his minutes. <laughs> like that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, like no, I agree. Like Maxi's minutes should stay where they're at. Yep. Dirk's minutes should stay where they're at. They should immediately look at the Dwight Powell Salah Mesri minutes and say, "We're going to cut into that." And you know, somebody tweeted at me and said, "Hey, just because somebody gets called up doesn't mean that they, you know, have to have an extended role on the team." I'm not saying they just should have any an role. extended role. I'm talking like ten, at least like ten minutes. Like, and for the people who want to fight back and say, "Well, you don't, they don't have to have playing time to see what they are." I truthful some, but yeah, look what Maxie's doing. Like yeah, Maxie's do you, do you in an extended that, role and yeah, Maxie went through an entire training camp and the preseason and they didn't start him. And then all of a sudden they're like they start playing him a little more and they see what they have in him. You know, it's just it's different. You know, you can see all you want yeah. in practice, but until you see him in actual literal game, it is different. It's different for coaches, it's different for players, it's different for team office people it's different for us you know obviously because we don't see him in practice we just see the after practice yeah and so like that's that's my only thing my same thing with Antonis cleveland man the dude got 18 minutes tonight he guarded andrew wiggins some tonight did great that this is and i tweeted it out this was my whole reason why i was pushing for dozier over clavel in training camp because this team needs an athletic wing Long arms, like a guy that can play defense and stuff like Cleveland. I like Cleveland better than Dozier. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, I do too. Okay, but, like that's the type that we this roster needs, right. and we've seen that to throw a body at Wiggins. And man, he he played him really well. I mean, he yeah, had a, he really a did. nice block on the. He just you know he had his hands on a lot of balls, and so I like Cleveland a lot. <laughs> Stop it, Nick. <laughs> I like Cleveland a lot. So yeah, Carlisle I, I replaced Yogi. So Yogi started instead of Dennis Smith Jr. And oh dear God, please let's talk about Yogi in this game right now. Why? Because. What the freak are you doing, Rick? Putting Yogi Ferrell on Andrew Wiggins in in the majority of the fourth quarter. Yeah, like it's. I mean, it's literally like putting Frodo on like Gandalf and saying guard him. Like you, he just can't do it. Like what? Wow, and that, Wiggins oh, is was, Gandalf. I don't know about that. Oh, so or just freaking make him Aragorn. I, like it just it was really frustrating. The first time I thought it was just a switch and then it kept on happening and then even in the one of the late possessions, like an important possession of the game, they got it to Wiggins on the block and he just turned around and jumped right over Wiggins. I mean Farrell. And I'm like And in his defense, Wiggins was not doing anything the whole game, so I mean he didn't have a, any of the best of games, but seriously, like what it why? Like you have to have something else. Like at least put Cleveland in there. Yeah, like, you you had a guy that can guard him. <laughs> that was it's not like Yogi him. is Steph, and to where you have to have his you know his offense out there. Like Yogi's been playing well offensively. He but, was good offensively today, though. But still, like you can make do without him in there, and so that I didn't get that. Some people tweeted back and was like, "Oh, this is a tanking move by Carla." I, I don't believe that. I, but, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> But still, I, I still didn't understand it, though. So let's get into these games, then. Uh, the first game, let's just get to the Milwaukee game. We both watched this and walked away saying, I don't really know what else to say besides that Giannis and Bledsoe took over this game. And <laughs> basically, that was it. You know, like, those guys are, are really, really good. And Middleton had a really good game as well. If you're going to have three, if your three best guys are going to have really, really good games against the Mavericks. And to be honest, Giannis didn't even have the great, a great Giannis game. It was just like a fine Giannis game. Yeah, I mean Giannis was plus eighteen, twenty-seven and eleven. Um, it was the it was kind of I, I kind of it was like the Middleton West Matthews game. It was just yeah, they Middleton had thirty-one, West had twenty-nine, Middleton hit five threes, West hit five threes. Um, West just played a big time game. I mean, yeah, he did. You take the take the plus minus out of it, but eleven for fifteen from the field, five for seven from three. Um, just, yeah, play well, big. And even his plus minus, was, he was just minus five, you know? It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they were down huge. Wasn't, you know, wasn't huge or anything, so. But, yeah, I mean, you said it right. I mean, it, it felt like a game we could have won, though, and that was kind of frustrating. Um, just towards the end, just, it's just those clutch clutch time minutes, man. It feels like we just kind of crumble uh, towards the end there sometimes, and. But Giannis, it felt like I was literally watching the game. I'm like, I feel like Giannis never came off the floor. And I looked at his minutes, and he played 43 minutes. So I was like, okay, it was just five minutes. But yeah, he basically didn't come off the floor. Dwight Powell had 30 minutes. Um, yeah. You don't think we could have you know, lowered that down to 20 and gave 10 to Motley, but who cares? Yeah, Motley in this game didn't get any minutes at all. DNPCD with the as well. DNPCD Measury only played a minute and 11 seconds and got two fouls. <laughs> Yeah, and like so, and Maxi's one of these guys. Maxi is the classic 
better than a you know a box score. Like you look at you know yeah glue guy. Some people somebody's looking at this saying okay well some of these fans are talking about this maxi guy, but I'm looking at these box scores and like what's the big deal about him? You know he ain't putting up. And it's not about that. Like you gotta watch the games and see everything that Maxie's doing. And just like tonight, man, he like he looked like a man against Carl Anthony Towns a few times. Like, yeah. And something something small that you know, that Maxie does that some people look over. Some is he rebounds with two hands a lot. Yeah. When some, some people like will try to tip or like just try to get a hand in there. Dwight like, does. The, Dwight does that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwight does do that too. But like you know, he'll jump. Like there was a couple of time he jumped up and he'll like lean over with two hands and just yank the ball over. And I don't know, yeah. it's just something that sticks out to me sometimes. That he does. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So this game was basically the West Matthews game, even though they didn't end up winning. Uh, maybe that is indicative of like maybe that is telling. <laughs> the West Matthews game and they didn't win. Uh, did come down to the end there. The uh, the Mavericks did get outscored in the fourth quarter, and ended up losing the game 109 to 102 and yeah so it was it was a pretty good game came down to it but the Mavericks just couldn't pull it out they just couldn't get one more you know basket one more stop just couldn't pull it out then moving on to the Minnesota game the Mavericks lost this one uh on Sunday night 97 to 92 they uh man Carl Anthony Towns had 10 quick points <laughs> and, yeah. and Max Gleber was doing his best to guard that guy but he is Towns is going to get really close to being unguardable if 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 Tibbs doesn't just run him into the ground Towns is going to be such a good offensive player that people just aren't going to be able to guard him yeah I mean Towns is one of these guys that you know you hear a lot of guys that are really deep dive into the league, you know, more than, more than we do sometimes as far as the, a lot of people, it's kind of like this circle, you know, when you, when guys come into circle the league, life. it's the circle of and it moves when guys, all. when guys come into the league, you love them. And then it eventually it, the love wears off. The honeymoon stage wears off yeah. and people really start looking at the flaws. And Damian Lillard at, right now. Damian Lillard right now, Towns is entering into that category right now. Of everyone wants to you know, say he's horrible at Paul defending. Paul George is in that. You know, just it's the love stage, the honeymoon stage. You know, it starts to wear off on some of these guys, and we're starting to really see it with Towns right now because it feels like every game they play, everybody's talking about his defense, and he does warrant that. Yeah, and he he does warrant that for his athleticism and how he was when he first came into the league out of Kentucky. I mean, it was. I mean, I thought he was going to be. I thought he would be in like MVP type conversations right now. Yeah. Because he was so good and so just everything about it. But he's, I mean, he's still unstoppable. I mean, like unstoppable at times, 28 and 12 tonight. So, I mean, he's still a monster. He acts weird sometimes. That kind of just throws me off. He he likes to talk to the sky, and I just don't. (laughs) Yeah, he does that weird, like. When you're when you're going away from a play that he did not agree with, he just kind of looks up and he like smiles and he's like, "I just can't believe that that happened," you know, just like walking <laughs> yeah. down the floor, like kind of clapping to himself. It is, it's interesting. I don't know if he he like psychs himself up that way or if he just has to process that way. It's it is kind of funny though. Jimmy Butler had some uh, cool looking hair tonight. Jimmy Butler did change his hair up. Wes Matthews feels like he changed up like every other game. No. He just had the Jimmy T- Butler type of like braid things the other night in Milwaukee and now he had like the mini fro going. So 
I don't know what he's doing. So we also mentioned that Antonio's Cleveland played in this game. He played just about 18 minutes. And he only scored two points, made one shot. It was a really long two that probably was a that looked like it was a three at the time. Uh, missed his other three shots. But he also had three steals and two blocks in this game. He was disruptive on the defensive end. And that came out, to be honest, he looked exactly like Dorian Finney-Smith out there to me. <laughs> like, I think um, those guys are very similar. I think they're similar, but I think I would take Cleveland over him right now. Um, well, yeah, he's not injured. <laughs> don't even. I think uh, <laughs> Cleveland's just a little bit faster than Finney Smith. Finney Smith's That's bigger fair, yeah. than him. I, th- I think, I think uh, Dodo's, what, like 6'8 or something. Yeah. Um, Cleveland's like 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, so, yeah, I mean, they Cleveland can just guard, I think, probably one through you know three better when Dodo can probably guard two through four, something like that. So Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, it, it's a – it's nice seeing a, a you know a wing out there that's bigger than you know the three hamster you know guys basically and Seriously. off the bench. So yeah, he he solid minutes. I mean, eighteen. He said eighteen minutes. He had, he logged more minutes than you know, than Devin tonight. So I wish once again, like Motley, I wish they could carve out some type of role for him off the bench. Yeah, you you wish that they could do that. Uh, and maybe this is a game that Carlisle, you know, Carlisle just needs like one game where you you show out really, really good, and then all of a sudden you're in the you get in the rotation, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you would have to, if you had to pick a player to stop being in the rotation for Cleveland, it's like all of a sudden, let's say that Carlisle looks at this game and says, "Man, he was really disruptive on the defensive end. We really need that." Who would you take out of the rotation? You just have to completely take a player out. Yeah. So, and. Once again, like this, you, I think you're very, pretty much picking between Yogi and Devin, and it kind of goes on your. And this is what I've been trying to think of here lately over the past like week or so. Are they playing certain guys to showcase them a little bit more for the deadline? You know, like in a perfect world, Devin's playing great right now, and like he's been playing, like he's having an yeah, in, insane a, of year. There's a really good piece on Mavs Moneyball right now by Sam Gertler that's been on the show about Devin Harris right now. Go check it out. Yeah, like he's having a you know awesome year, but you know in a perfect world, it's like or not really perfect world, but like if they traded Devin off, you know, to a contender, got like yeah. an asset back, like a pick or something, then you just insert Cleveland into Devin's role. Um, but even if it's like, which is hilarious, don't, don't want to say it, but <laughs> like you even can just if it, replace him with that. Even if it's you know Yogi, I mean, I like Yogi a lot, but you're not gonna you know trade you know JJ. You're not gonna get rid of JJ, and that's where it's like, it's kind of like we have these different parts, these different like young pieces, but they would be better at different positions. But we have veterans that mean a lot to us in those positions. They should be playing. Like Maxi should be playing the five probably, but Dirk's there, and that's great. Yogi should be playing JJ's role, but JJ's there, and that's cool. Yeah. Like we like it's stuff like that. That's just like okay. Like we see what maybe they could be. You know the the roles they could be playing. But we have the, our beloved veterans in front of them right now, and that's fine. But yeah, to answer your question, probably Devin first, then Yogi. But I hate benching. I hate taking everything away from Yogi on a seven and twenty team, and he's like one of our young pieces. You know. And he has been. Pretty good. He hasn't been shooting as well as of late, but he's, you know, still been a good player. He had a solid night tonight, I thought, at least besides the defense <laughs> at the end, which wasn't really his fault. Yeah, no, it wasn't his fault. I didn't blame him at all. So, all right, other things in this game. 
the clutch. Let's just get to the clutch time. Let's just end it up with this. So we talked about earlier in the season these forced shots <laughs> that that I call forced shots. Um, it seems like they only get those. <laughs> it only seems it seems like they're just not getting any easy shots at all in crunch time. And JJ Barea, when he ends the game, which he did tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, the offense with JJ is interesting <laughs> because he puts so much pressure on himself to do something kind of miraculous. And maybe that's just, that's just the way that he's wired because he, you know, basically miraculously made it into the NBA coming, you know, coming from Puerto Rico, coming from Northeastern state. Um, and then, you know, getting into the NBA, it's sort of just how he's wired that he just does. And being married to two Miss Universes, like, that is <laughs> that is miraculous in and of itself. So this dude just, like, literally shoots for the moon every time he does something. And so when he's on offense, he creates, 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 creates. And then something, you know, it ends on something. And to me, it's it's hard to get a bunch of people flowing. It's a little Westbrookian when, uh, when he runs the offense. And maybe I'm just now seeing this. You know, I've been calling him the best guard on the roster <laughs> this year. Uh, I don't know if I would go that far right now. Wes is probably a better guard than him right now. But, but, but a lot of times, I, you know, I'll take up for him some. A lot of times, we need his offense though. And it's oh, for sure, unit because it, like Dwight can't hit a you know a barn with a beach ball. So, like, I mean, if you look at the second unit, I mean, I you know Yogi did a few games last year, but. They they thrive off that pick and roll. Let's do the you know the pass cut pass cut. But Yogi is some. I mean JJ is sometimes that guy that and he has crazy chemistry you know with Dirk. Right, uh, and then in this game I also noticed that there was there's that play at the end where JJ tripped like the that Jimmy Butler yeah. stepped on JJ's foot. Dirk was wide open behind him. Yeah, he really could have passed out for the three. I think that would have really. That that was a, a turning point, I think, in this game because you step on the he steps on the foot, he falls down, all the momentum gets out, you know taken out of the the building. I thought it was really funny that the crowd booed him so much, and I wondered if there's anything still there from his time in Minnesota. From his time there, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that ended or how that went. Yeah, I don't know how Minnesota fans think about that. I know that it was fine, like it, you know. I think they sort of expected him to step up into a, this new bigger role, and that was that was back when that was before they had Kevin Love or right around the time when they were getting Kevin Love. Gosh, I can't even remember. Yeah, and uh, well, it was definitely after 2011. So, yeah. No, they must have had Kevin yeah. Love at that point. But anyway, they expected him to start step up into this new role, and he was, you know, just he was JJ that we know. <laughs> it wasn't like yeah. you know starting point guard JJ. So, but anyway, I thought, just thought that was funny that there's it looked like there's a little extra mustard on the on those on that booing on the booze, yeah, on the booze. Maxi Kleber again in this game. We've mentioned him a lot so far. He had 16 points, five boards, shot six of nine from the field, and three of five from three. He looks like he's playing with a ton of confidence right now. He is, man. Two, I mean, second on the team in minutes tonight. Um, no, <clears throat> really. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the I'm on ESPN's box score, and they have him. Really? They have him as the second most minutes for the Mavericks. But. They have they have West, Yogi, Barnes, and then Klebo. Oh. Twenty six minutes for Klebo tonight. Oh, God, they got him at thirty four. This um, is NBA.com. I don't know if they're. I trust your I trust NBA.com over ESPN. ESPN, the Empire Strikes. Back. That's a deep. Um, that's a deep sentence right there. <laughs> 
Um, no, Maxi. Yeah, Maxi had some solid minutes. I think it was against. Um, gosh, wasn't it against Milwaukee where he had the double block? Where he blocked him in at the rim, and then he turned back around, blocked him again. It was again. Boston. That was the game where he had five blocks. No, oh, that was Boston. Okay. Anyway, he's just he's been playing really well here lately, and happy for him. It's stuff like that, man. Like Maxi's are. Yogi this year? Is he our Finney Smith of this year? Is yeah, he like we, the combination of both this year? <laughs> like, we had a Twitter exchange the other day where you said that, that Maxi is this year's Dorian Finney Smith from last year because the storyline and the narrative fits it to where he's a guy that came in that was undrafted. Nobody really knew a ton about him. Uh, they knew some key things. Like with, like with Dorian Finney Smith, you knew he was from Florida. You knew like he had this crazy story. And then you have Maxi, where you knew he was from Germany, knew he was from Würzburg, knew he was this, you know, big, you know, like you kind of knew you had an idea and you picked out in your head, you're like, oh, this is his ceiling. But then all of a sudden he has a, he has a game that he shows Carlisle what he can do. All of a sudden he's thrust into the starting lineup. They start winning a little bit and then he, he sticks in the starting lineup for a, probably a little too long. At least that's what, <laughs> what happened with Dorian yeah. Finney Smith. But now that's happened with Kleba and he's sort of exceeding those expectations instead of just, you know, meeting them. Yeah, I mean that's a you know when he that's first came when he first came in we were wondering is this just a you know like a PR type of move I was training not camp move that, but that's okay. um you know it's just is is he just a oh he's from the same hometown as Dirk okay it's just a cool story um, but then like kind of halfway through camp I talked to somebody and um, just kind of got a a vibe that yeah he's definitely going to make the roster didn't know about the type of role or anything but he he was kind of counted as one of those guys that was going to make the roster and so at after that it was just hey will he ever play yeah (laughs) and uh and now it's just crazy you know look where we're at now i mean but this is the type of stuff and i do i'll give carl credit with you know stuff like this this is stuff and type of stuff that you want to see on a 20 loss team right now you want to see a, an undrafted guy getting 30 minutes and seeing what you got in him. And right now, I mean, it's looking like we do have something in a maxi, maybe not a starter, but this could, you know, be a, one of our solid backup bigs next year. It could play into whether we bring back Salah Mezri next year. You know, it, it could play into some different things of, you know, I think Maxi's showing that he deserves a good solid, you know, bench role next season. I just can't believe the Mavericks did it again. They got another undrafted guy that is a rotation yeah. player. Like they got two last year, and Yogi and Dorian, and then Seth. I guess you can. I guess you could count Seth, even though he sh- he sort of you know showed out in uh, Sacramento before he came over to Dallas. Hey, go but ahead, go ahead and count West too. What? Well, <laughs> Mavericks didn't discover West. That's the thing. Yeah, but like they just keep finding these guys. That they're better. They're honestly better at picking up the the pieces off the scrap heap than they are drafting (laughs) Dennis just sort of fell into their lap you know they didn't really have a a hard decision to make there uh I'm glad they made the right one and then just you know yeah Motley I think will be the second guy if they can find some minutes for him I really hope they trade Dwight Powell can we just I mean I know you agree with that but I just really hope they trade him how do we have to say anything about that (laughs) all right that's enough for these games I think uh they were fairly uh, frustrating at the end, unless you're a team tanker, which, you know, I understand. Then, uh, somebody Jack reached out to us on Twitter and said, is clutch tanking. So, uh, should that be a thing? Do you like this phrase? No, we both responded just straight up. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, I don't, I don't think that that's a thing. 
if that was, I could see, wouldn't that be hilarious if, you know, they're down, let's like, like three or something. And Carlisle just throws in like the giraffe gaff lineup. Remember that, which was, <laughs> which is like withy, uh, pal, measury, maxi and Yogi, like just, <laughs> just throw those guys out there. Yeah. You know, that to me, that would be clutch tanking. You know, that would be Carlisle just like if he threw the game like that, but there, no, not a thing. No, I, I don't I don't like the terminology of clutch tanking or whatever you want to call that, but no, I agree. It's they're playing the win. That's that's their goal right now and it's going to be their goal until they're mathematically eliminated even at that point. That's coming up play. soon, isn't it? Like a couple like a couple more <laughs> losses and they're going to uh, they're going to still play to win, but yeah. All right. Do <laughs> right now the Mavericks have 20 losses. They're 7 and 20. The Mavericks have more losses than the Warriors and the Rockets will have at the end of the year, true or false? Mavericks have more losses already right than the Warriors and or and or Rockets. Um gosh, because that would put that would put them at sixty two wins. Um <laughs> yeah yeah i think right? so. i think one of them will hit go above 62 gosh yeah. that's crazy yeah that the mavericks already have 20 losses and some of these teams won't even have 20 losses <laughs> that's true that is crazy think about it. i mean we're we're about a third of the way through the season right yeah a little, little past a quarter or yeah third and not uh, no, about a third past a quarter for sure. Yeah. Past a quarter. At least the Rockets have four losses and the Warriors have six losses and a bunch of the Warriors losses were early. So, huh. Gosh. Oh, that's so funny. All right. Funny and funny in like a, it hurts my soul kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Like it hurts that we have to cover that. We're covering this team that is, has so many losses already. I still don't think we're going to finish with the top three or five pick. Um, sorry to burst your bubbles. I think we will still be looking at a six through eight or nine pick. Um, unless we get lucky, you know, unless we the ping pong balls go our way. Hey, but. Memphis is on their way. <laughs> Man, Memphis is, they are one and nine in their last 10 games. They are eight and 18. They are just two losses and one win away from being the Mavericks record. So about that board bet. Nope, Conley's out. <laughs> Registers null and void. That's uh, why I put that. That's why I put that good. Isaac and I at the beginning of the season we had a board bet that the Dallas Mavericks would have a better record than the Memphis Grizzlies, and so I put a caveat. I think I put a number of games. I think I put sixty games or something there uh, for each of the the three big main guys in uh, Conley, Gasol, and Parsons. Whatever. I don't want to talk about it. I do want to talk about it because I have a piece coming out in this week that is about the Memphis Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks, uh, and you guys are going to want to going to want to read it. Definitely going to want to read it. I like hypothetical situations, so it's not hypothetical. This is real. This is actually going to happen. I like real situations, so <laughs> I'm intrigued by it. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on Locked On Mavericks. Follow me at Nick Van Exit. Follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. We really appreciate it. And uh, shout out to all the countries that that listen to our podcast. I tweeted out this list, the top ten, uh, and then the others receiving votes. So basically, like a top fifteen of of people that you know countries that listen to our podcast. And let, let's just read them out right now. Let's talk about them since we have a couple minutes. Yeah, 
Throw them to the me. first one's the United States, obviously. That's you know, number one. It was like way above ahead everybody else. Second was Germany. Obviously, we have the best German player running oh. right now in Maxi Kleba. And <laughs> Australia was number three, which could surprise some people, but Australia is really getting into the NBA right now. Uh, we have a writer on our staff from Australia, um, Dan Konst. And uh, number four, Trinidad and Tobago. Isaac Harris, tell me where Trinidad and Tobago is. Oh, heck if I know. Trinidad and Tobago know. is an island off the coast of Venezuela. And you know somebody that has been there. And that is me. I have been to Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> so random. I went on a mission trip in my freshman year in high school my dad is a missions pastor and we have a connection there they had a church that was planted down in trinidad and so i went to trinidad the island is fascinating i i really love trinidad and tobago so it's just you know basically a caribbean island it's tropical and one half of the island is all african descent and the other half of the island is all indian descent and so it is just it's interesting the contrast of, of people that are there the culture they speak english however they have such thick accents that it is so hard to understand what they're saying. Uh, they have different terminology for things too. They call they call hanging out. They call it liming, like you and me when I go lime later. Like that's what they call hanging out. They just have all these like different words. I loved my time in Trinidad. It was awesome. Liming. I don't know if I could pick that up. No, I, I couldn't really get into it. Number five was the Philippines, which I spelled wrong in this i'm just now realizing the sixth one was the was the united kingdom then canada shout out to dwight powell's fans if you're out there i don't know if you guys are enjoying this oh dwight powell (laughs) fan account that's you yeah just that one guy then spain then switzerland and then mexico i was surprised mexico was at all the way down at 10th i would expect them to be a little higher come on that's true come on mexico with it being like down the road um my brazilian people where you at didn't even show up in the top 15 didn't even come out so I'm disappointed Brazilians represent. Brazil is probably a thousand times bigger than Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> probably is a thousand times better, but no big. Like, I said bigger, not better. <laughs> oh yeah. Bigger. Um, they probably got uh, better things to do than listen to podcasts right now. Why? Cause the weather's better. I don't know. Cause weather's better. They're probably just hanging out enjoying life. They're all, it's just, they're all so happy down there. Yeah, I would imagine the the uh, the numbers for people listening to podcasts in Caribbean islands is not that great. <laughs> it's just like, I don't care about listening to podcasts. I don't care about the real world. I just want to sit here and look at this water. And we just want to sit here and lime. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown Mavericks podcast. Shout out to Trinidad and Tobago. Hey, thanks for liming with me. Keep up. Boom. Forced forward.